guys, and welcome to the latest edition of the Bring On United podcast with me, Conger, and as always, I'm with Zach. And I feel like every time we record these, it's always like a really warm, hot day, and I'm in my bedroom, all uncomfortable and sweat. Can you never just be a nice, cool day for this? No, it's always nice and warm, but do you know what? I'm not going to complain, because the second we actually start complaining, it'll suddenly go all cold and miserable. So, you just got to enjoy it, and enjoy the fact that we haven't had United for a couple of weeks, you know, ruining our ruining our experience in the hot weather. Oh, um, well, that can't be all of us, because if you go on Twitter right now, you think the world was fucking ending or something, or <laughs> calling me back. True. I mean, Manchester United, if we had signed you, it's, it's, what, 14th of June, yes, other people might have signed players... But it's not it's not fucking August thirty first yet. Don't panic. Just keep calm, guys. I come back to me in a month, and if we're still not signing anyone there, when the Premier League's kicking off, of course, I will apologise. But right now, just keep calm. Just believe. Enjoy the weather. Grab a beer. Get squat your mates. Football can't ruin you right now. The season doesn't start till next uh, what August, so it's all okay. It'll be all okay. But yeah, um, this week the Premier League fixtures get released, don't they? That, that'll be fun. Do you, do you always enjoy that? Uh, looking down, seeing when we'll play City, Liverpool, who we got first, who we got the end of the season when you dream of us lifting the Premier League at Old Trafford. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to the to the fixtures coming out because I, I don't necessarily think it it makes a difference too much because you've got to play everybody twice, once home, once and away. But there's always that feeling of like, you want a first game at home. You don't want to play a top six team in that first game. We want to get off to a winning start. You don't want to have Liverpool and City back-to-back like we pretty much had this season. You want your last game of the season at home. Yeah, you you want to know when the big games are coming up. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, you can start sort of planning, planning your next moves. I mean, I've got a summer job, as a few people will do, and I want to make sure that those August fixtures, I'm not missing them with it. So <laughs> I want to be booking time off as soon as possible, especially if we get a big one. I saw like a couple of leaked ones that came out. I don't have a clue if they have any validity whatsoever, but they look like we have a pretty easy start to the season, which I'm all for. But at the same time, I don't want a situation like with Ralph Ranić where we had like an easy first six weeks of him having the job and then suddenly it went really hard and we absolutely capitulated. But yeah, it, it'll be fun and, and we can keep our fingers crossed that we don't have yeah situations like last season where we just had ridiculous you know we'll play five big teams in a row then 10 small teams in a row which was just a bit stupid oh definitely i mean i always look forward to that first game especially you hope it's old trafford you hope it's like a, a decent ish game i don't want bournemouth we, we always do shit against bournemouth i feel I, I think a big a one is team. You just want to avoid newly promoted teams as well. I say top six clubs, newly promoted teams as well. I mean, Brentford last season against Arsenal. Just dodge those teams that will come up with a whole load of motivation to go and get a win early on. We want a team like a a Brighton or like a Palace or somebody's teams. Yeah, we, we lost to them last season or whatever. But start of a new season... They'll be thinking, let's just take it easy, mid-table, we're going in with motivation, we've got a mission, win that first game, get everyone on board with the whole Tan Hag's Red Army stuff, and yeah, don't give us a team that's actually going to really want to come to Old Trafford and get three points. Yeah, uh, I always do look for, obviously, with Leeds, with City, uh, there'll, there'll be um, Forest. I think yeah, I, I think that's like one team I really do want to avoid, especially away. Forest away would be an awful start, I think, but... We'll see where it is. Um, and yeah, uh, another thing that happened this week which brought me to tears was Juan Mata's 
goodbye video and wow that that hit me that was beautiful yeah i mean that that just shows like you know really he's a class player and and it's a, it's almost like a dying breed a bit really he didn't have to do it um I don't know. Some people will be cynical and say it was a PR stunt, but I like to think he genuinely did just want to walk out onto Old Trafford one last time and, and say his goodbyes, which which was nice. You know, it's it's just a personal touch and it, it makes you feel like he really did care and that he has gutted to leave in the same way that most of us are, are gutted he's going. Oh, yeah, the forming it Twitter. If you haven't already, go to his Twitter page, forming it Twitter video, um, him walking around Manchester on the United pitch for the last time really beautiful like pinged letter goodbye and oh you've got some great moments down the down the years with that um i i'm trying to think had one matter left with the last time we recorded one i can't remember i don't think it had so yeah one field obviously sticks out for me um so yeah let's get on to the first big topic then which is of course transfers or in manchester united's case no transfers um it seems like we're still in talks with Frankie Dion and Barcelona, who want money but don't want to take our money yet because it, it makes no sense to me, this Barcelona thing. If they're that desperate for cash, but yet they're trying to like sign Lewandowski, um, that Christensen from Chelsea, they're, being, they're wanting to try and replace Frankie Dion with Bernardo Silva. It makes no sense. I thought you were in a billion pound debt. The reason you're getting rid of Frankie Dion is because you just need money, not to spend money. Oh... Yeah, it's, it's a bit bizarre. You know what I think's happened? I think it's almost been one of those. They were all sat in like a meeting room all around their computer and a little like pop-ups come up that said, Manchester United has entered the chat. And everyone's just sort of put their drinks down. They've all looked at each other and gone, oh my God, this is it. Our club saved. The banter team's arrived. They're going to pay £100 million for a midfielder who's probably worth about 50 or 60 it, it, I think it's just going to be one of those. I think Barcelona will be trying to push him out the door because they do need the cash. And, and if, they, if they want to improve as well, then they, they really need the cash. Um, obviously, De Jong doesn't want to come, which is something that, as United fans, we're not really used to. And it is a little bit humbling. But, I mean, when you actually think about it, why would he? He's out in sunny Spain, living the life. He's got Champions League football to look forward to. You know, if you've got no affiliation to United, why would you want to come to Manchester and play on Thursday nights in the rain? Like, you know, you, you can see it from his point of view, but I think ultimately Barcelona will try and push it. But they'll know, as, as other teams have sort of shown us in the past, you've just got to play the waiting game with United. We'll pay what they want and probably more. They've just got to wait out and wait till we get a little bit desperate. You know, I, I think this transfer does happen, despite what everyone says, despite what De Jong says. I think it's going to happen. But they are going to force every single last penny out of us because we're a bit of a joke club, unfortunately. Yeah, Frankie, if you want it to be sunny, we'll just record a podcast every day of the year for you. you know, we're going to have to start doing watch alongs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll play track, we'll do everything. We'll, we will become the ultimate fan channel of. I'll sell, I'll give up the season ticket and stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll do watch alongs. So it's nice and sunny at Old Trafford for you when you're playing. Um. But no, uh, I, I agree with you. It's just, it's a matter of time. This one's, it's a difficult one. I mean, it seems like he's coming around the idea of caught a Sky, caught a Laurie Whitwell of the Athletic now, which is good, you know. I mean, when you're basically told, yeah, we're actually selling you, we're not too keen on you, we prefer a little, our little uh, academy graduates, you know, might as well get rid of you then. It's, it's not nothing personal, but see you later, Frankie. I guess you feel, oh, fuck you then. I'll just go there. Uh, apparently, Ten Hag's been ringing him every day. He's, he's on the beach. He's in a beef at the moment. Ten Hag probably partying hard. 
uh, and then oh, yeah. getting drunk, drunk texting Frank here, probably getting a bit creepy, uh, probably called harassment or something like that, if he keeps trying to convince him. But yeah, I, I think, think, P- I think PK's trying to force him out as well because he wants Gabby to get more playing time for reasons that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, but I think he's. Pro- I reckon he's probably DMing Frankie like, yeah, yeah, Manchester's a great place, mate. Off you go, and then sort of messaging Gabby. Yeah, you know, you should stay in Barcelona, mate. You know, there's going to be a little bit more game time. You should definitely stay here. I'm not going to say why, but don't tell Shakira. Yeah, I mean, I saw sort of curse him last time. Did I talk about how great their relationship <laughs> was? Uh, sorry, PK. Oh, sorry, Shakira. It's actually PK's fault. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of time with this one, I think. But it does have a bit of like remnants of uh, 2013 David Moyes uh, summer he's only summer at Manchester uh, he was chasing Cesc Fabregas from Barcelona who they were trying to sell to raise funds um, we chased him all summer and we didn't end up with frankly uh, Cesc Fabregas we didn't end up with Toggy Cruz we stayed up with Marouane Falega um, so who, who's who's like the, the new Marouane Falega in the Premier League who are we going to end up with on transfer deadline there do you know what? Probably knowing us, Marouane Fellaini will probably just buy him back. That <laughs> would uh, be brilliant. I mean, it would be, but it would be funny. Like, sometimes, you, you know, like, I, I don't get angry at Manchester United sometimes. I actually think, you know what would be funny? If we just had a season of a championship or something. Like, when I go on Twitter sometimes, and I see these people crying about how bad it is. Oh, you'll see it in a bio, long-suffering Manchester United fan. I'm just thinking... You know what would be funny? Just going down to a championship for a season and seeing all these guys fuck off. Like that'd be fu- like just having a really, really shit season. Sometimes it would be it would be banter, but you could never ever step foot out of the house for twelve months. Oh, for <laughs> it'd be ba- it'd be banter, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, no. it's never gonna happen. But I just think sometimes it'd be just great to get rid of these yeah, some but... idiots who. You curse Gerard Piquet next year, like like, like before. You you're gonna curse us. You, you're a curse. Like now now you've mentioned about the sun and the podcast. We're never gonna get a sunny day ever again. It's just oh, gonna no. be rainy. I don't trust you. Oh god. But um, <laughs> a player we have missed out on um, is Darwin Nunes. He's gone to um, a shithole. Uh, trust. I've lived there. I can say that it is a shithole. Um, yeah, he's got the scouts for like, uh, 85 million or something. I don't even know. Uh, we didn't want to get into a bidding war. I, I, I'm not just trying to just, you know, brush it off like oh, I'm not bothered. I'm a bit like, oh, well, if we wanted him, it'd be cool to have him. But, I mean, 100 million for a, a guy I've seen play once. I don't know. I mean, we need midfielders. Somehow we're still not being linked with a, a defensive midfielder. So, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, I. I... I mean, I've just seen this news about Bissouma today. Like, twenty-five million. Come on, just chuck a little bit of cash. There's nothing See, for us. Like, get 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 the ball rolling, someone. But no, I mean, I I don't mind missing out on Nunes. I think he's obviously a quality player. But you know what? It's actually nice to see us for once, not just panic. Oh no, our rivals are going to buy this player. Let's throw twenty more million than they are and make sure they don't get him. Like what we did with like Sanchez and people. No, Liverpool can have him. Do you know what? He'll probably do well. But I think everyone who they sign does well. I don't think they needed to sign a player for 100 million to do it. You know, they, they can have him. Fine. Enjoy, enjoy it. Mane's going to go. Salah will probably go in a year. What can we do? I think we've just got to play the waiting game with Liverpool. I think until Klopp leaves in 2026 or whenever, they're going to be really good. It doesn't matter who they have. They can have Nunes. Fine. Yeah. I mean, we're not at that stage where luxury 100 million pound players can just, you know, 
you know, we don't just need one player to, oh yeah, we're losing Mane, let's go buy him, good replacement. No, we're, we're in like the full Lego rebuild and he's not got our instructions at all at the moment, a £100 million striker, especially when you've got Ronaldo and I still see people going, oh, he's 37. He was 37 last year, he still scored 25 goals. So, yeah, and we've oh, got Rashford. I mean, it doesn't look like Martial's getting shifted out the door. So he's going. He's going to be back. So you know. Um, oh God, Let, let's not let's not stir up Martial FC. All I will say is, I'm not sure about that one. Please don't come for me though. I mean, I just he's not even been linked with a single club yet, has he? <laughs> I, I guess I guess the problem is is right now, I I, I don't know. Like yes, I, I probably want him to go, but. I don't trust us to buy players because of our history, and we don't have any other strikers except a 37-year-old. And I'm with you. Ronaldo, I think... I, I think if Ronaldo got nearly 20 Prem goals last season in that team, bearing in mind this season, the team should be better. I'm hoping we're going to play more positive football. He's not going to be playing European nights for most of it because there's no way he's playing the Europa League group stage, surely. I'm thinking he's... I, I, I'm hoping it's a 20-plus goal season for him, but... You need backup. You know, you need that player on Thursday nights. You need that player in the League Cup. You need that player when we have like back-to-back matches that are just relentless. And you know, yes, Ronaldo's superhuman, but he's 37. He is going to need a rest. Any 37 would do. It doesn't matter how in shape you are. Mm, uh, but we'll wait and see. But what do you think of like the reaction on social media? Uh, it's a completely different vacuum from like. Um, fans around the ground you know um, I, I guess the like the social media vacuum of it's almost like the world's burning we're all gonna die because man city signed harland on like a pre-agreement with a, quite a, a relatively straightforward transfer for a player of his size yes liverpool have signed uh nunez Tottenham have actually started to do all right to be fair i was gonna say they've signed perisic and a keeper but with the basuma one going through that's a good, decent signing uh, where, where do you stand mm. on all this? Oh, Man United, what are we doing? It's same old, same old. It's disgusting. It's it's blab. Yeah, that like hyperbole I, of it's gone. Sh- it's gone to a shit already under Ten Hag. I think. I think the thing is, I don't personally agree with it because I think it's too early. I think you know there there is time. There is time to wrap transfers up. There's time to get people in before the season starts. You know, it might even be a case of Ten Hag actually wants to get his hands on this team. You know, he wants to actually have a little bit of a look before he 100% goes for players, which I could understand. But I, I also get the reaction because we've got to remember that we've been burnt so many times. So it is frustrating. I, I think it's one of those. It just is an unlucky coincidence that this year where we're feeling very proactive and like United's change and everything the other teams around us have suddenly dropped hundreds of millions on strikers. I think that's that's a little bit unlucky. You know, Liverpool last summer only bought Canate. You know, they didn't exactly go for it. City wanted a striker last summer and didn't even buy one. It just so happens that they've both gone out and done their business very quickly and everyone's suddenly looking at us and going, come on. But the window's only been open for a few days. Like, it isn't panic time yet. In a couple of weeks, I think it might be. I think the thing that I worry about more than anything is that we can't do multiple deals at once. Like I just don't see us confirming two new signings within the space of a few days, which is why I said a while ago, I want that timber deal wrapped up. That, that, that's gone a little bit quiet now, and I don't like that. I want that wrapped up and secured because we need a defender. We need someone who's versatile, can cover a couple of positions, get him in. Then do Dion. Then do your CDM. 
then do your strike or whatever, because that's how we do it. We 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 know we're going to do it one by one by one. So I think we do need to get that first one wrapped up soon. But I'd give them another week or so before you know. Give I'd say in the next sort of week, if we haven't had a here we go from Fabrizio Romano, I'm getting a bit. Eh, but I'm not there yet. I think we are overreacting. What do you think? Ah. Uh- Definitely. Yeah, people say, oh, you'll get signed players when the window's just open. But what would you prefer? Us going, oh, you know, oh, they're asking for too much money for Dion, Eric. Uh, we, we've just bought you this guy. Yeah, he were a bit cheaper. Because that's what's been le- levelled at people before. Like, we've not gone in for a one guy, and then the club just gives the manager a completely different guy in that position who doesn't really fit the style of player, who's not really, you know... We're going back to your know, Mourinho when he wanted Maguire... I mean, he wanted Boateng, but we're like, oh, we've got Phil Jones sort of thing. At the club, at least, it appears, you know, John Murta and the the guys in that department now are at least trying with his own deal. It's proving a bit sticky, but he's a world-class player. There's no comparisons, I think, with the Haaland thing, or City got this deal done with for a world-class player. Like, he had a release clause, which was super weirdly low for a player of his quality, and he chose City, like... It was such a straightforward deal for a player of that magnitude. You won't see that again. Like it does take time with these players, especially when a club needs money like Barcelona. So it's just about when we're not even what we're halfway through June. If come by, we've flown off to Australia and uh, wherever. It's um, it's a problem then. I mean, you've also got to remember all these players are away on international duty. Uh, Frankie Dion. He's he's, mm. what, he's playing his fifth game, I think, now for Holland uh, against Wales in a few days. Like they're playing a lot of football. There's no time to sit down and chat about stuff. Their full focus has got to be on their international teams. Oh no, they're they're all busy. The, the the other thing I slip in as well, just for anyone who is panicking, just just to remind us, our player of the season this year, Ronaldo, wasn't officially a Manchester United player until September. You know you. We we can wait on deals. I don't think we should, but there is time. Don't 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 panic just yet. But the you know we want to yeah. see the ball rolling a little bit. But there's there's time still. And there's also that argument. Maybe you know, like with players going out, for example. Maybe Eric Ten Hag just wants to give everyone a second chance. You know, he hasn't seen any of them yet. He's using a beefer uh, according to his son's Instagram, um, who people have found. Uh, chilling out on the beach. I mean, pie guy. What? what I mean, what? What a major. What a major. Uh, really a beefer. Can, can we? Can we? Can we just talk very quickly? I love like, I love how reactionary United fans are and how quickly we rush to the wrong conclusion. Do you remember two weeks ago, everyone lost their minds about him because they were like, "Oh my God, he's not having a holiday. He's coming to Manchester already." No, he's in Ibiza. You know, oh, he, he left looking, his Ajax job a little bit yeah. early because the job was done. Like, we, we, we rushed to conclusions so quickly and we're uh, always was, wrong as a fan. It like, it's so funny. What made me laugh as well, the, the aggravator accounts, you know, they, they're the ones who are trapped for like, the filth and villainy of the Twitter community. You go through the comments um, of the pictures they've just taken off uh, his son's Instagram and posting them on his uh, their aggravator accounts. It's like, why is he not working? We need to sign players. What? What? He's fucking... What, what do you want him to do? Work 365 days a year at Manchester United? He's not even one who does the fucking transfers. That's John Mercer's job. I'm sure he could take a call for 10 minutes. Let him enjoy some time with his family for crying out loud. What, what, what's it? What's he going to go and do at Carrington now? Go and get a game of two-touch going with Ahmad Diallo and Jaden Sancho. Like, what... 
what can he do? You know, the transfers, yeah, he'll tell someone, I like the look of this guy, I like the look of that guy. That's their job then for a bit, you know. Let him enjoy himself. Yeah, well, Let him have fun. Want... Let him come well, back fresh. Let him come well, back tanned. There's a reason pre-season starts next week. That's when his job starts. Like I start a job in two weeks' time uh, at Lloyd's Bank. I'm I'm on holiday now for the next two weeks. What do you want me to do? Fucking turn up at Lloyd's tomorrow. Like he hasn't got a job to do yet. Um, what do you want to kidnap Frankie Dion? I don't know. They're crazy these people here on Twitter. Um, we've ruffled a few feathers, haven't we, in the last few weeks? Homophobics, a few twats. It's quite funny, isn't it? Oh, Twitter is just. It's difficult because I love Twitter. I mean, anybody who follows me on Twitter or knows me will know, apart from football, my big passion is pro wrestling. Um, and Twitter for me has been amazing because you don't have many pro wrestling fans in the UK compared to the rest of the world. So Twitter is a place for me there to connect with people and to, to make friends. I mean, me and you basically started interacting through Twitter. Without Twitter, this podcast might not have happened. Oh, um, so it is a great place, but it's also at the same time one of the worst places in the world. Like, the feeling you get when you step away from Twitter, you know, is almost as good as the feeling of being on it because it is so negative, unfortunately. It's like we need to be on Twitter because it's the best place for us to grow our platform. It's the best place for us to meet new people. It's the best place to find out the news and see what's going on. But, yeah, sometimes you end up going down a rabbit hole at about midnight and, yeah, it's it's hard. It's difficult. There are some disgusting people. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, we touched on it briefly there. Should we should we have a little conversation about the Nations League and why it just seems such a silly idea this year? I mean, not yeah, just if we it, have to, <laughs> not just because England are doing shit. I mean, we we are. It's been hard to watch these last few games, um, but France are like France. You know, this world class team have got one point, I think, as well, the same as us. No, we've got two, haven't we? We're actually doing better than France. Uh, the Netherlands, Portugal, Germany, Italy, there's all, it's all this weird mixed bag of why is it even happening now because it's about money for UEFA, it didn't happen last summer because of the Euros took place, surely just the common sense of welfare of players that UEFA and FIFA always pride themselves on, oh we care so much about the player safety, their welfare, you know what we'll make them do, they've been playing football non-stop basically since June 2020. Well, let's just make them play again this summer. It doesn't matter that there's a World Cup in six months and we won't have a break. Let's just make them keep playing because we love players, not money. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I think for me, you know, even if we use the, the Nations League to make preparations for the World Cup, then maybe even slightly I'd get it. But like half the players that played uh, on the weekend aren't, aren't going to play much football at the World Cup. It's just literally throw everyone together and see what happens. Like, you know... Yeah, as you say, most of the big teams aren't even doing that well because, you know, they're underprepared and they don't care. You know, for, for your smaller teams, it's a big opportunity. You know, it's maybe your only opportunity to ever have a bit of international success because they're not going to win the Euros or the World Cup or whatever. But, you know, to, to yeah, to us, like, I mean, yeah, I, I sound like a salty England fan because we're bottom of the table, but it is one of those. It's a bit like the Charity Shield. One day, if we win the Nations League, I'll be happy, and I'll probably have it pictured all over my, you know, my Twitter and everything. Harry Maguire lifting the trophy and everything. It'll be great. But really, at, at the moment, we're losing it, and I couldn't really care 
care less, to be honest. I'd rather our United players were off on holiday. Saw those pictures on Jaden Sancho's Instagram with a with a Magnum on on like a private jet or whatever, having a good time. And you know, I'm sure you know Maguire secretly wishes he was just on holiday and didn't have to go and have a short holiday, then rush straight into a preseason. But it is what it is, as you say. Football's a little bit bent. They don't really care, even though they say they do. Unfortunately, yeah. It's again. Speaking of Twitter, Jesus, James Sancho getting shit for uh, having a beer or something. Like, how dare he have a drink at the age of? What, he's allowed to have a drink. I mean, we're really with smoking uh, fans, uh, shagging graggies, doing it all at fucking his age. Just, I, I, all else is just wait till the end of next season I, I don't know what it is but Sancho is the player for me I've just got such a good feeling next season I, oh. I've really got a good feeling about him I hope I'm right and then we can turn around and say do you know what next summer drink as much as you want unfortunately it's always going to happen this summer because everyone was going to be like oh you played so bad why are you enjoying yourself now <laughs> you know I don't care. I don't, I don't care if he has a beer. They work so hard. Footballers now are in the greatest physical condition, like really, of athletes that you'll ever see, like of all time. Like if they just want to have one beer when they've got some time off or whatever, go for it. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just a weird one at the moment. Everything just seems doom and gloom after you know, the Eric Ten Hag arrival. It was all rainbows and sunshines, but classic Manchester United fans and Manchester United themselves, I guess have turned it to really Clyde day in Manchester like it always is but let's touch on a few of the players on international duty uh, we'll start with everyone's favourite player Harry Maguire um, I mean he somehow got blamed for a nil-nil draw the other night I saw a Fred by a Manchester United fan blaming Harry Maguire for a nil-nil draw against Italy which you know I, I just don't think he can ever come back <laughs> with Manchester United fans I, I, it hurts me because oh. he actually played well. That was one that one pass where he played out, out of play for a goal kick got picked up on, but not the seven or eight good passes and stuff he did in the game. I, I've actually thought he's played very well for England, like he always does. I expect him to play well for England. Um, there seems there's not this pressure. There's not this you know this, this thing of Manchester United like the fans always on him. So I, I actually think. I was expecting him to play well for England, and he has done it all. He's the only one to play in all the games, and he's played well in them all. Yeah, it's one of those. Like he just, United fans are, are always going to have that feeling about him. I mean, I'll, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit for everybody. So I grew up in Wales. I've lived in Wales most of my life. I, I'm English. I was born there. My family's English. I've always seen myself as English, and I support England. And I think growing up outside there it's almost made me a bigger England fan because, you know, looking back at, I mean, I was watching the Euro 2016 Wales-England game in a Welsh school, you know, as, as an English guy. So it's always made me feel a bit stronger about the English national team because, you know, I, I don't live there. So I've sort of had that. It's, it's a hard one to explain, but I've always felt more passionately about it because all of my mates aren't English and stuff like that. So I love international football. But the biggest thing for me about international football is you have to separate it from club football. Harry Maguire, and I tweeted, I tweeted after one of the England games that I find it mental how Harry Maguire can command an English defence in a random Nations League game, but get made to look like a Sunday League reserve player at Watford away. And I got battered for it because as much as there are some Maguire haters, there are also some people, as with Twitter, you know, there's always both sides to it, who just love Maguire and he can't do anything wrong in their eyes. I, I don't think that's right either. But it is just that fact that he's a different player for England. And I, and I try and look at that. You know, I, I don't... 
when it comes to England, Harry Maguire, for me, is one of the players I'm most excited about seeing in the World Cup because of his track record for them. He'd be one of my first names on the team sheet. I just try and look at it separately from club football. He's been a disaster this season for United. Not his whole United career, I don't agree with that, but this season hasn't been good. But he has always been solid for England. I think he was one of our best players at 2018 World Cup. I think he was one of the best players in the tournament in the 2020-2021 Euros, whatever you want to call it. It's a different player, and I, and I just look at it differently. It's the same way it's like Raheem Sterling. He played for Liverpool and City at club level. He's everything I should hate, but when it comes to international, I love the guy. He had a great tournament. You know, it's I try and keep it separate, but most fans won't do that, and they will still drill Maguire, you know, even when he's playing for English. Even these United fans who aren't English, they'll, they'll still drill him for it, even though it's got nothing to do with them. Yeah, he's brilliant. But I, I, that Fred did make me laugh because the guy, he wasn't sarcastic. It wasn't, you know, in jest. He was genuinely serious that Harry Maguire somehow cost England a nil-nil draw. I mean, he did his job at the back. It was just, there was no nothing in midfield in that game. But we'll move on to our Portuguese duo of Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo. Ronaldo scored twice. Fernandes has had a good time. And he knows some swear words. I have seen him against Switzerland the other night. Jesus Christ. He took his whinging to a new fucking level. It's so funny, though, because it's like, I actually don't know at this point. Like, is it captain's material or is it completely the opposite? Like, he just throws his toys out of the pram. Like, I can't even tell anymore. Like, it's one of those, when you're winning, it comes across as captain's material because you're like, yeah, he's getting in the ref's face. He's standing up for his players and stuff. But... As soon as it's not going right, God, it grinds, doesn't it? You're like, for God's sake, Bruno, can you just leave it for one second, please? Please, just just go back to playing football. But no, it's, it's nice to see, and I think that's one of the things that when we signed Ronaldo, there were questions over whether it would work with the, with the two of them. And I think it worked in the Champions League this year, but definitely didn't work as well as it could have done in the league they didn't form that partnership that's something that i would love to see them develop over the next year and you are starting to see it that first portugal game i don't think bruno actually got any goals or assists but every goal he was involved with he was running around trying to win the ball playing good passes and you know he still got slated for it online because it's bruno and loads of people hate him but no it's good it's good to see him doing well you know even if he can just step up his game a little bit from last season and get a tiny bit closer to where he was the season before we know what he can do on a good day. And I don't even need to talk about Ronaldo, obviously. Oh, Just I mean, the best. Doing, doing stuff that Ronaldo does. Uh, Portugal were nice enough to actually let him have a uh, going holiday early, which is nice of him. Thank, thank you for that, Portugal. means a lot. Um, he's enjoying the Portuguese song, I expect, now. And just having... I mean, I don't know if you saw his Instagram post, so he was dressing like it's like the early 2000s, like a blazer with no shirt on. Oh, I know you're... A, he can get away with it. I, yeah, people are saying that. I don't think he can. I, I might put the picture up and <laughs> people could be the judge of that. He's fucking idiots. Oh, oh but yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, he's got two goals. He's doing Ronaldo things. And on the Bruno thing, I, I agree. And apparently, uh, Frankie Dion is another mourner. So we could have the mourniest midfield in the world next year with them two. I, I, can already, I can already picture it, right? This is... First game of the season, two minutes in, Scott McTominay goes through the back of someone. Referee gives a yellow card. You've got De Jong and Bruno just absolutely crying. Like I'm talking actual tears in front of the referee. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can, I, I'm going to hate it when we're losing because I hate it when Bruno cries when we're losing. 
But when we're winning and when things are going well and we're screaming at the referee and everyone's flying in with tackles and, yeah, I'm all for it. I don't you've care at that ev- point. You've upset everyone there, though. You have it said defensive midfielder with this scenario. Scott McTomin is still <laughs> playing. No, no, here's what's going to happen. We're going to sign a defensive midfielder, but we're going to do what we did with Rafael Varane, and we're not going to do a proper medical. He's going to get injured in the Rayo Vallecano friendly, and McTominay starts the first game of the season. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, that sounds like United. No, but um, apparently Scott McTominay, um, there were a lot of false things going around about his passing percentage and his passing something. I've not really ever prized Scott McTominay for as a holding midfielder. Um, against Ireland, but apparently he's had a bad international break. But so have Scotland. I mean, they they, they lost to Ukraine, or well, battered by Ukraine. Um, then they lost to Ireland. So it's it's been a bad one overall. I don't think it's, it's hard to judge individual players when a team's playing bad as well. Um, and that goes for Manchester United. Over a season, everyone was shit. So was anyone? You know, you've just got a fresh a fresh start. And moving on. Yeah, yep. and moving on to a clean slate, we've got our pre-season schedule, um, which is out officially. We confirmed our last... I think we may even have one more friendly. I don't know when the, the season might start a bit earlier this year, actually. Maybe the first weekend of August. But we are playing Liverpool in Bangkok on a Tuesday afternoon here in the UK, so I won't be watching. Then we play Villa on a Saturday, Palace on a Friday... Um, yeah, just trying to think off the top of my memory. We played Melbourne Victory, I believe. And then we're going to Norway on the 30th of July to play Atletico Madrid, because why not? And the day after, we're playing Real Vallecano at Old Trafford for the legend's return. Bebe. The best Portuguese player to ever play for Manchester United is coming back. Um, him and Ramdamel Falcao will probably score more goals in that game than they ever did at Old Trafford somehow. Uh, I, I, you say somehow, what, will they only have to score about two? Uh, yeah, I think only... <laughs> I don't I, think they scored many. Sure. Ramdamel Falcao scored four goals. As, I just I think he only scored two at Old Trafford. One against Everton, I remember that. I was going to um, say, I, I, I can say that I can say that there were definitely a couple of away goals. So I remember seeing a fact. Wasn't he like one of the only players that season to score in every single kit we had or something? It's like a really weird fact. Yeah. He only scored like four goals, but scored in all three kits or something. Yeah, I remember them kits. It was a blue kit, uh, the blue uh, third kit we had. We had a white away yeah. kit, and then obviously the the, the red home kit. Yeah, um, probably. I, I only remember the Everton goal. I think he scored against Leicester as well, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember them. No, but... um, it couldn't have been that good for him. But yes. No, um, no. I mean, pre-season, does it matter to you? I mean, performances do, obviously. But when we when we have uh, Andres Pereira scoring bangers for us out in Bangkok, he's not going to be playing next season, surely. Surely not. So, results, does anything really matter to you on pre-season? I, I mean, to me, it's all about just getting fitness up, getting on the training pitch, uh, practising the scout play that Ten Hag wants, especially for a manager's first pre-season the games don't matter to me. That's just about building up your fitness. It's what's done on the training ground and got you know, that process to build up to the new season rather than the games. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I think this year is obviously 
better than last year because I think at least when you do an international tour, there's a purpose behind it. You earn money, you you know get to travel the world a little bit. It, you know you're giving an opportunity to foreign fans. I mean, my, my uncle lives in Australia. He's a big United fan. He's going to be going to the games uh, in Melbourne. So you know, I know he can't wait. So I think I think when we're going abroad, it's it's nice because. You know, it's part of being a global club. There are, you know, so many, uh, I'm, I'm doing uh, quotation marks here, top reds who don't respect people who aren't from Manchester who support the club. But from my point of view, I think it's great. It's part of being united, the fact that we've got fans all over the world and it's nice they get the chance to watch. But no, it, it doesn't really matter. I think the fact that, you know, you know that we substitute the entire team at half time says all you need to know that we don't care about winning these games uh, yeah you know if we beat liverpool i'm sure we'll have a fun night on twitter tweeting about it and having a laugh but i i'm not really bothered i'm looking forward to it I, i've never really subscribed to mutv but i'm sure i'll find a way to watch the games that will be 100 percent legal if anybody is watching this um but you know you know it's it's summer stick united on we miss it. I like watching United see the new kits for the first time. If you know we've actually properly unveiled them by then, is always something I enjoy because I'm a bit of a kit fan. Um, and also, I think actually I'll say this. I said this on Twitter. I thought it was actually a really nice touch. The Rayo Vallecano tickets were only a fiver. I thought that was actually something quite good. I don't. I don't. I think that might have been members only or something like that. I think it might be twenty quid if you're not, which again is a little bit more expensive. But for a fiver, I bought a ticket. I might be working. I might not be able to go, but I was like, it's five pounds. I, I might as well. It might be an excuse to go and watch a United game before the season comes back and watch Ten Hag's first game. Uh, so no, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it because I miss football, but. I'm not that bothered. It is, as you say, about fitness and preparations, really. Do you think... I mean, I'm not against the national tours, obviously. It brings in so much money. But particularly when it's a manager's first pre-season, I know Lou Van Gaal absolutely hated going to America uh, with all the shit that they had to do, basically, on the commercial side, going around LA for fucking three hours on a car and stuff like that, promoting Chevrolet. Um imagine his first season doing something like going to Bangkok then Australia you know very long flights you know it takes a lot out of you travelling around big countries when there's so much need to be done on the train ground uh, with some players going back at different times do you think that'll be like the back of Ten Hours man like well as good as it is getting out to playing different places and going on a nice summer holiday in Australia um, it's a bit like oh I prefer to be doing a lot more work with these guys you see, to, to me it is, but I think it's like you've got to look at the pros and cons of being at Manchester United. The cons are that you have to do these global commercial things, travel the world, go on pre-season tours. But, you know, that's the negative side of it. But then the pro side of it is that's the reason that we're the size of club we are and that we can sign players like De Jong and that we've got players like Cristiano Ronaldo. I think it really is swings and roundabouts. I think... It's annoying, you know, and I'm sure Ten Hag would rather stay in Manchester, get settled in, just, you know, have private training sessions where, you know, people aren't constantly spying and seeing all of his tactics and everything. But at the same time, that that's what happens when you come to arguably the biggest club in the world. You, you've got to be commercial. You've got to get yourself out there and, and make the money. So, yeah, I, I think he probably doesn't want to. But unfortunately, we've not got much of a choice. We were always going to get back onto this after COVID was done. Yeah, um, we got Oslo one day, and then the day after we're playing at Old Trafford. Um, I doubt Eric Ten Hag will be at both. I doubt the, any of the players will be at both. It'll be interesting to see 
if the Real Vallecano game, because it's probably a week before the season starts, is more akin to what we'll see uh, opening day of the season against whoever we've got compared to the uh, Atletico Madrid game, even though they're a bigger opposition per se out in Oslo. What are your opinions on playing back-to-back days? Will you get Manchester United fatigue watching two very different, probably, 90 minutes of football? Um, I mean, pro- probably not fatigue. Like, I'd, I'd just stick it on in the back. I'll probably be working at least one of the days and, and miss one. But I guess... I, I don't know. I, I guess it is just like the the Atletico Madrid one does just seem really, really odd. I mean, you said before we started this, you thought maybe Steve McLaren takes it out there. I, I could definitely see that. Like, it makes no sense to me to have Ten Hag go out. Um, I don't know. M- maybe fatigue. I mean, I, you know, if I'm about, I'll watch both of them. But I think the Vallecano one's the one that matters. Like, as you say, Atletico Madrid's the bigger team, but it doesn't, it makes literally no difference in preseason who you're playing. Uh, but that Vallecano one, first game at Old Trafford, I'd expect your first team as play that one because why would you have them randomly fly to Norway, get them settled in, get them in front of an Old Trafford crowd? I can't see Cristiano Ronaldo going out to Norway to play Atletico Madrid when he could stay at home, play 45 minutes at Old Trafford and, and you know, just have a, have a rest. But yeah, it just seems weird. I don't know. I don't know why they've done it, but hopefully more will be revealed. And as you say, hopefully just take the kids, you know, take take the reserve players and basically say to them, look, we've got a couple of places on the bench still open for the first game of the season. Show me what you can do. Yeah, I've, I've never really seen that with a big team like that. You know, like I've seen in smaller teams, you know, Bradford City's, you know, your League One, League Two teams, that can, you know, they'll play two different very teams. Maybe we'll play a non-league team one day and then like a league team the second day. But yeah, with Manchester United, I've never seen us have two games back-to-back in two different countries, especially. That makes, that's a part that makes no sense. If we were both in England, that's like, yeah, fair enough. But to have one in Oslo, one in Old Trafford was very strange. Like, came as a bit of a surprise. But it is what it is. Um, is there anything else, Manchester United, you'd like to talk about on the pod this week? Oh, just getting you through football, um, really. I mean, do you know what? Like, I guess there, there probably isn't a great deal. Like, we could sort of sit here and speculate, but it's just as as we've said, it's sort of a waiting game at this point. We're waiting to hear more about transfers. We're waiting for the fixture list to come out. You know, it, we're waiting for Ten Hag to get back and to start rolling. We are just in a transitional period. I'd love to sit here and talk about England, but. I'm fed up with them now. I was hoping that to start the summer, we'd start off with some nice weather, a few beers, get the barbecues out, and England winning uh, and beating Germany and you know getting some revenge on Italy. They've not. They've just made me even more fed up with football. But but no, I, th- I think that's it for me, unless you've got anything you, you want to bring to it. Um, I, th- I think that is... That's me good. I feel like I've vented. I've got everything I need to say. And I hope that by the time we record the next podcast, something has happened that lifts the spirits again. Well, we will know Manchester United's 38 game Premier League uh, Premier League run next season. We're not going to go through every single game next week and predict them. Although that would be fun. Uh, we'll pick out some big ones, talk about obviously first game, well, probably the first six games, pick out the Derby, the Scousers, um, the Christmas run I always think is quite an important one. I actually really do want like an easyish run over Christmas. A few well, home games. Well, we de- well that well that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because we don't have a Christmas run anymore oh, because of the World no, Cup. No, we, we, which will does, be like. Do, do we not? It finishes so at the eighteenth. The World it? it finishes eighteenth yeah, of December. Then, Is there even a break? I, I, I thought they came long... back. 
I don't know how long we get off. Like that that that's the thing. Like obviously like are they going to give you a little holiday like I, I don't know like surely you can't just fling the players straight back into I, I genuinely don't know so that's something again we'll find out by the I'm, next podcast you know what i'll search it which up would be exciting to know i will search it up um now. yeah no i, I think it's that's going to be weird i mean the whole not having football during oh, that well not so, as yeah. in not having united the first match that. after the world cup is on will be off. It, it, the first match after the world cup is boxing day no way. That yeah. is going to be one hell of a comeback. So they have a week <laughs> off. That that is ace. Can you imagine, can you imagine that? Right. I'm just going to say this now. England win the World Cup. We roll straight into Christmas. Then the next day, United play Boxing Day at Old Trafford. That could be the greatest week of my life. I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. That could Harry be glad coming back a hero. Oh, let's manifest oh, it. Let's manifest God. it. I'm yeah. so ready for it. I'm so that's made my day. Yeah, so like, that's what I mean. It's like the last running just before that World Cup break, um, the the running mm. afterwards. It's got to be interesting to look at the fixtures. Actually, something we'll probably. I mean, we might even do uh, this week if we can. Just get a short video out. If you're around Thursday, we can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, thank you for listening, guys, uh, to another episode of Bring On The Night Podcast. We didn't want to speculate on transfers. There's many channels out there who do that. Go and listen to some guy talk about Anthony for 45 minutes just to say we're interested in him. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's been Bring On United. Just be nice and have a good weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>